Ah, yeah. It's the DTC Podcast, people. The Real McCoy. Original recipe. First in your ear hole podcast on dynasty trading and player values. Hosted by Jean-Pierre L.E., Izzy Alcafas, and Akash Patel. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to the Dynasty Trade Calculator Podcast. This is week seven, I think, right? Is it week seven already? Izzy? Uh, yeah, well, yeah, yeah, it will be. Man, I feel like I'm losing track here. Week seven of the NFL season. Man, I hope your teams are doing well because uh, this is the point at which you're probably going to be starting to get mathematically eliminated for playoff contention and stuff like that in some of your bigger leagues. Anyway, we got a great show for you guys this week. Last week, we talked about rookie running backs, movers, like value movers. This week, we're going to talk about rookie wide receivers and a bunch of other stuff, too. Um, so s- tune in. This is going to be great. Uh, I'm your host, John Paul Hurley. Joining me this week, I'm going to do a kosh first. We did a, I, I got to explain some context here. I'm sure this is not going to make the cut. Mojo is going to cut it all out. We did one intro before this. Izzy wasn't recording. Hmm. So this is like the second attempt at it. I kind of feel like, did you guys ever watch The Office where Pam would send calls back to Michael's office and he'd always screw up like the first, like when he'd pick up the phone and be like, hey, what's going on? Michael's he'd always screw up like the first greeting. So Pam would always like, it'd be a fake first call just to give him like a warm up one. And then the second call would be the real one. So I feel like this is like the second call that we're sent from Pam right now. So. Was it crazy that I've never seen an episode of The Office? Well, you're you're missing out. You're not missing out. Have you? Oh, you've seen it. It's pretty weak. You're not missing out. You're psycho. I have seen it. It's it's okay. It's very overrated, but it's fine if you want to just kill time and turn off your brain. Hurley, you seem like someone who would like The Office. What does that mean? <laughs> I feel like that somehow turned into an insult. It is an insult. <laughs> it's definitely an insult. I was gonna like I was gonna introduce Akash first. I think I'm gonna introduce Izzy. Actually, I'm gonna do myself again. I'm gonna introduce myself three times. I'm your host, John Paul Hurley, JP Hurley, Hurley, on Twitter at FF Hercules. These other guys, they're not even here. I like it too. Anyway, let's move on to the stuff that we were like here to talk about. Like I said, we're gonna Izzy. Do you want to maybe cover some like hot news around the NFL before we jump into the rookie wide receivers? Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. So first on the list, I think Hollywood Brown is a little banged up. It sounds like it could be serious, but things might be okay. Yeah. That's kind of a problem. He's he's been having a decent season. True. I'm going to I'm going to let uh, I'm going to let a yeah, decent decent top 5 season. Right now he's wide receiver 5. <laughs> yep. I'm going to let Akash Akash Mahal take this one since he is the Marquise Brown president. Fan club president. So Akash, what do you know? What have you heard? What is what has Marquise Brown told you directly? Yeah, so I was obviously since I'm his biggest fan, I was just texting him earlier yeah. today. No, so Marquise Brown undeniably been amazing to start the season, and I was right, and everyone should uh, worship me for that. Oh, victory lap! Wow, he has yes, he hurt his Liz Frank on Sunday, which sucks, and. It was feared to be season-ending, but there's a report. They were still getting reports because he's going in for a second opinion to uh, someone named Dr. Robbie Anderson. But he uh, <laughs> is a, expected to be a six-week injury, and so he'll be back for the fantasy football playoffs. But with the nature of his injury, I definitely expect some decrease in production relative to what he was doing to start the season uh, when he does come back. 
And so tempering expectations there a little bit. I would just hold him right now, uh, pretty much because you're not gonna be able to sell low. Thankfully, his price isn't gonna crumble as much. Not it wasn't gonna crumble in the first place, but it's not gonna fall as much because he will be back for the fantasy playoffs. And so if you were really contending and he was really helping your squad along and in, in your like five if you're six and oh or five and one, then you can maybe ride it out. Uh yeah, but I guess how do you think Hopkins changes things for him? A little bit. I would like before the season I was big on the uh, when Hopkins is back, Marquise Brown is still gonna have a really big role because he is still a very very good player. And so if he is a little bit less effective, it, it's going to be tough, but that's going to happen whether Hopkins was back or not. His volume should might go down a little bit, but overall the, the offense with Hopkins is just going to be more efficient. And um, they also acquired Robbie Anderson, so they don't have to be rolling out the corpse of AJ Green every week on 70% of the snaps anymore while Marquise is back. So... This offense hopefully is better and clicks a bit more and can be more efficient, which will offer Marquise to be more efficient on his opportunities, even if the opportunities do go down. Okay. Uh, so, and Hurley's not a big Marquise Brown fan, but you that are. That was his second mistake. That was his second mistake, correct. What was his first mistake? Watching The Office. It's like considered one of the top series <laughs> of all time, so I guess that probably tells you Akasha's taste. It's beloved by the 30 to 40 white demographic. <laughs> and that's you. So <laughs> he might be he might be onto something though. I I do agree that I think maybe the, the age needs to be 35 to 50. Mm-hmm, maybe, definitely. Maybe th- yeah, 35 to 50 is probably the right age demographic for that. Mm-hmm. I don't know how race maybe race has a lot to play with it. I don't know many I think it does. I don't know how many Arabs I think it would. watch The Office. <laughs> yeah, no. If I was going to pick the widest TV shows, I would first go with Friends, and then I would pick The Office. <laughs> They've got, I don't know, the show has a, I mean, Izzy hasn't seen it, so he probably doesn't have a leg to stand on, but The Office has a pretty diverse cast. I wouldn't say that's like... No, but the humor... right. Yeah, the humor is very white, yes. White humor. Yes. Fair enough. Does humor have color? This is... Yes, this absolutely. Is, this, we're going down a dark path. <laughs> I don't know. They just right. paid me for the numbers. I don't know. I just do fantasy football. Jeez. Yeah. Okay. So anyway, we're saying so, Hollywood Brown. Yeah. Yeah. Hollywood Brown. We are kind of. We are talking Hollywood. Would, would is the Office considered Hollywood? No. Right. No. It's a TV show. Hollywood is TVs, right? Or movies? Yeah. Hollywood's movies. Yeah. Maybe a little bit of both, but yeah, probably mostly movies. So it does not count as TV. Okay. Uh, I we have him at wide receiver twenty three. Now, after the injury, he drops from wide receiver 16 to 23 in terms of dynasty value, right behind the likes of George Pickens. I'll give you the list. We have the guys closest to him are Devonta Smith, Deontay Johnson, Godwin, Gabe Davis, Pickens, and then Marquise Brown. How wrong is that, in your opinion, as the truther, Akash? It's like... uh around just right honestly okay and i love marquise brown but i'm just holding on to him right now like this is a tough injury and it is going to be some absence like obviously no fantasy points for the next six weeks and when he comes back you're not going to be getting top five production from him so okay let me ask you the guys behind him right now would you prefer to have any of them ahead of marquise brown 
The list is DJ Moore, Corlin Sutton, Mike Evans, Jameson Williams, Terry McLaurin, Rashad Bateman, Jerry Judy. No, no, I wouldn't take any of them. Maybe Sutton. Okay. If I really wanted points, but. Okay. No, he's going to be 26 next year. I'm still very strong on holding Marquise Brown and loving Marquise Brown. Okay. Hurley, same question out of the names that I just gave you. Is there anybody that you want ahead of Marquise Brown from that list? Mm, there's a few I want ahead of him, but I acknowledge that Marquise is currently worth more in Dynasty, so I wouldn't do a straight-up thing. I would rather have, like, Bateman uh, with Marquise Brown's injury. I'd rather have Bateman on my team, so I'd take Bateman and some change for Marquise. Okay. What about the guys that are ahead of him? Is there anybody that you'd rather have, who'd rather have Marquise Brown over any of the guys that I'd mentioned, which were... Uh, Devonta Smith, Deontay Johnson, Chris Godwin, Gabe Davis, George Pickens. Pickens has got to be kind of close, right? Yeah, they're basically Pickens just a touch. Pickens and Gabe Davis just a touch ahead of Marquise Brown. Yeah, I I still like Gabe ahead of Marquise. I would take. I would say it's a pick'em for Pickens and Hollywood. Mm, I know that's nice. kind of a tongue twister. <laughs> nice, I'd probably right I'd lean towards uh, Marquise ahead of Pickens. Okay. Okay. All right. Just wondering. What do you, I mean, what do you, like, you ask these questions, then you don't answer them yourself. <laughs> I'm just like, how high volume of a passing offense will Pittsburgh Steelers be? You know, like, is that ever going to, like, in the near future, going to be a super high volume passing offense? Yeah. I mean, with Kenny Pickett, they threw 50 t- 52 times, I think. Was it 52 or 54 times? That game was gone crazy, though. I they were, don't they were care. They're down, hey. down by 21 plus points for the majority of the game, and it was, it 52. ended. 52. Like, they ended down, what, 32, 35? I don't know what it was, but I saw a lot of passes. I saw a lot of passes. A lot. Do you take any? Let's start, start with the order that you did. Would you take any of the guys behind him, ahead of him? Bateman. I'd rather have Brown over McLaurin. I'd rather have Brown over Evans. DJ Moore is just who knows who's going to be the quarterback. I'd probably roll very, very, very slightly DJ Moore. Just taking the upside of being the wide receiver one. I'd rather have the wide, the maybe wide receiver one in an offense that maybe will eventually be decent versus the wide receiver two in a good offense. Just kind of rolling the upside dice. Who's the wide receiver two in a good offense? Marquise Brown. Oh, um, I would not assume that he's going to be the wide receiver two. Who's going to be the wide receiver two? Maybe he is the wide receiver two for the back half of this season. But if I'm buying Marquise Brown, I'm not buying him for Liz Frank production in the back half of this season. I'm buying him for future value. Yeah, I'm saying for well, future production. What is he and in he's the future? The wide receiver one. Oh, okay. So you think Hopkins is done? Not done, but he's not going to be a 26 floor target share type of player where he's season after season putting up 30% target shares. They said the same thing about Fitzgerald. I mean, they said the same thing about a lot of players in the Fitzgerald. Basically, the only one who lasted until he was 37. Stylistically, though, it's the Hopkins is not a win with athleticism type receiver. He's a win with nuance and finesse. And I, I'm not talking about how they win. It's just regardless of how they win. Yeah. You see these you see these um, this type of thing happen with all all sorts of players, regardless of what archetype they are. Where, you know, you have your expected years remaining. And once you get to being 30, 31 years old, you only have a 
couple years left and you start to decline and a lot of time there's a cliff where the cliff comes fast like yeah. a julio jones and it's like one year yeah julio jones is a physical specimen i mean that's what I, that's what i'm talking about it's the physical specimens that really once they lose their physical edge is when they decline faster than the guys that are more of the technician types so the technician types usually if you're elite technician type you have the ability to play into your 32 33 34 season i mean he can play but even last year he had a 20 percent target share yes so. part of part of that is the unless unless we're kind of banking on the nagging injury type of thing where like i think a fully completely healthy deandre hopkins is still the alpha there with marquise brown being the two i could maybe see he'll, being, have, you know, he'll have fresh legs if he's in like right right now he'll have fresh legs but at age 30 plus especially i mean no one's going to be 100 percent healthy throughout an entire nfl mm-hmm. season i mean yeah. you know even if you want to say with injury and i i think you're saying injury like impacting play not injury impacting stats but i had this in the chamber so i'm just going to say he had a 22 percent target rate last year i mean this is not the hopkins of old that we're seeing can't go off the name value so yeah i think it's perfectly reasonable to say that next year i'm gonna say it's a toss-up or okay. maybe i'll give the edge to hopkins at the end of this season with marquise being injured and coming off that injury but next year i'm gonna give the edge to marquise brown so if you have marquise brown as the wide receiver one in the offense next year mm-hmm. why wouldn't you take him over sutton for example because sutton's gonna be 28 next year right mm-hmm. so is is sutton's in the next Six weeks of Sutton. Let's call it the rest of the season of Sutton because Marquise right, yeah, Brown rest with, the, with the yeah rest of the season Sutton worth the age difference. If I really need points, then yes, because Sutton's been very good to start this year. But it's tough. Like I would definitely take Marquise Brown if I wasn't uh, contending. Like I love Marquise okay. Brown, but this injury definitely can impact him for this season and maybe. Beyond that, I'm not sure. I'm not an injury expert, but just going off what I've seen people be concerned about, this okay. injury is not something to take super lightly. But it's not the season-ending variety, which can de- which is definitely a lot worse for impacting his career. Right now, okay. Corlin Sutton on the season has a 28% target share on an ADOT of 12.3. And obviously, this offense has not been congealing the way that we wanted it to be. So he's only a wide receiver two in points per game. But rest of the season, he definitely has wide receiver one in his uh, range of outcomes if this offense can start gelling and he can start connecting on more of his valuable targets down the field. Yeah. All right. I like it. That's a pretty well-rounded conversation about Hollywood Brown, kind of like uh, in a nutshell here. A couple other really Mm -hmm. quick pieces of news, and then we'll jump into the rookie wide receiver discussion. One of them is Kenneth Walker is kind of unleashed. Would you say kind of unleashed or fully unleashed, is he? Uh, I would say this is a full unleashing. I would say, no, okay, a nearly full unleash. <laughs> so somebody got one of those. They got, they got Kenneth that... Walker semi-chubbed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's what it is. That's, that's what Kenneth Walker is. He's semi-chubbed because he's a guy who's not going to get all of the routes on his team. But we have an idea that he is a good rusher uh not as confident as we are in nick chubb but this is who kenneth walker is that's his new nickname he's semi chubb <laughs> that fits so perfectly oh my god so 
here here's my question if jonathan taylor can hang on to because jt is not getting the receiving work as the other guys below him in dynasty are like when you talk about the barclays the halls mccaffrey's the swifts the ecklers um he's not getting the receiving work yeah but he's still getting good receiving work like he had a 10 percent target share last year and he vastly outperformed his usage yeah. on touchdowns and big plays like that, which is the kind of model that you need for Kenneth Walker. But Kenneth Walker's receiving work isn't going to be enough to buoy him from where he is into top five conversation the way that Jonathan Taylor's was. And Taylor also just ran really, really hot. But just going off of their college profiles, which is what I'm saying, like yeah. Taylor just outstripped Kenneth Walker's because the thing of that, like oh, we talked about this in the offseason where people are talking about, oh, Jonathan Taylor didn't catch passes in college, Leonard Fournette, Melvin Gordon, AJ Dillon, et cetera. Those offenses, they didn't pass. Michigan State definitely passed. And it's been good for Kenneth Walker relative to um, what we could have seen where on on Sunday he played. Uh, half of the third downs, pretty much. Uh, he he lost all of the two-minute drill to DJ Dallas. And so his role isn't like RB1, but he can be an RB2 because he's going to have some passing work. This isn't the Rashad Penny role where it's like really game script dependent and they sub him out anytime they're passing. He's going to be an RB2. And I think that he's also, maybe not after <laughs> this last performance, but at least coming into this week, there he was a solid buy because we've seen players, regardless of what their actual role is, they're young, they make big plays, uh, they're a running back, and so they just get shot up the dynasty ranks. And so maybe after this week, he's not a buy and then flip. Maybe he's just a hold and and flip. But I definitely don't think that I can fully victory lap this, but I don't think that the, I don't think you can fully victory lap this either. Yeah. I mean, the way I look at it is I, I don't think we can bury the guys like that from being RB ones. I mean, if you're getting, let's say his, he gets 20 carries a game, right? He got 21 in his first official start. So let's say hypothetically he gets 20 carries. That's a tough proposition. That's a pace for 340 through an entire season. And Jonathan Taylor, yeah was not at 340 last year just to give some perspective like 20 carries per game is a really tough ask let's call it let's call it 18 carries a game that's what jonathan taylor's at this year like that's yeah. a bit of a tough ask i don't know it's it's tough there's gonna be there's gonna be game script yeah well well you have to understand though it's dj dallas is behind him like it's really nothing else so he kind of has to maybe look they'll, they'll, they'll both get some run seattle seattle's always been a team that likes to run the ball like they they like to run the ball mm-hmm. so it would not surprise me if he averaged 18 carries a game rest of the season. Let's call it that. Yeah. Walker had a 92, 92% opportunity share yesterday, which is really good. Yeah. And he, he's not going to seed. He's not going to seed early down work to, to DJ Dallas. It's just not going to happen. No. So my, my whole comment is you look at guys like Dalvin Cook, Miles Sanders, Derrick Henry, Nick Chubb. Ramondre, I think, is getting some receiving work. But when you look at those four guys that I just mentioned, they're in the top 12. 
and and Josh Jacobs is another one. Five guys in the top twelve right now, and are not getting the necessary receiving work. Damian Pierce, technically in a per game basis, would be in that top twelve. So basically, half the running backs in the top twelve on a per game basis are not receiving the necessary rec- receiving work to make it into a cautious. I don't think that they're McCaffrey's or Brees Hall's or Saquon Barkley's like they said, but they're definitely getting receiving work. They're not. They're not. They're not. I mean, Delvin Cook. Delvin Cook has Delvin Cook has sixteen targets on the season. 7.5 targets share on the season. Yeah. Miles Sanders at 13 targets on the season. Also 7.5 target share. Yeah. There's some guys. And Damian Pierce has 15. Derrick Henry has 14. Um, Nick Chubb has 11. So you're looking at these guys. Basically, half the RB1s in the league are not hitting your 10% threshold. So I don't I think never said we 10%. Can, well, what is the threshold? Like five to six percent. Well, you just said Kenneth Walker is at. You expect him to be at five percent. No, like that's the floor. That's like Nick Chubb in his previous seasons. Right now he's at five point six percent. But in his previous seasons, off the top of my head, has been like four to five, and that's been basically nothing. Um, sorry. So you you're putting Kenneth Target Walker. Share. Okay. Okay. I'm trying to remember. I'm trying to remember. I looked at this over the summer. I believe it was 144 running backs since 2010 mm-hmm. have had top 12 seasons, obviously, because 12 years times 12 yep. spots. And I think I said it at a 5% target share, and only two players had below a 5% target share. Right. But we're looking above 5% because we expect Kenneth Walker to be above 5%. Right, I expect him to tread that line, five to six. I don't know. Well, if he's on, if he's on the field for fifty-five percent, if he, if he's on the field for fifty-five percent of the receiving downs or the receiving mm-hmm. opportunities, then we have yes. to assume five percent is probably going to be hit. Yes, because right. that's like yeah, you go out there and to. stand there and get a get a, <laughs> a dump down, and, and yes, they threw they threw a bubble screen to him. I saw that. Very impressive. A bubble screen. I mean, you don't throw a bubble screen to Nick Chubb. You don't throw a bubble screen to Derrick Henry. Derrick Henry gets... Derrick, he, actually, he gets screens, funny. not bubble screens. It's funny that all the guys you listed, uh, mm-hmm. maybe I missed a name, but I was like just putting them... I was just Delvin, searching their names Delvin here. Delvin Miles, yeah. Delvin Miles, Damian Pierce, Nick Chubb, Derrick Henry. Out yep. of all those guys, Henry actually has the highest target share. Yeah, isn't that funny? I, I uh, prematurely called the king dead, I think. Whoops. Yes, you did. You, you, actually, <laughs> you actually said that he does not have the ability to finish his I know. Head. Yeah, you did. Because I was going off his entire, I was going off his entire career of never catching the ball. And now he's uh, getting <laughs> screen passes drawn up for him. Yeah. I don't know. It's so funny watching Derek Henry be used in the receiving game. Because obviously, like, the idea is that, okay, you know, you can use this guy more than just on rushing because you get him the ball in just like a little bit of space and you have a 250 pound man who's really fast for his for his uh size at least he definitely looks like it and then it's like okay yeah use him in the screen game. why don't they pass to him like that a bunch of other running backs gets passed to how hard could it be to catch a screen and so right. you see them do that and it's like oh okay they're using him in the screen game and then you're like 
bobbles it, almost drops it, and then <laughs> barely catches it, and then just sprints down the field demolishing people. It's like, oh, that's why they do it, but it seems to be working out okay. Yeah, it's like, I, that's the thing with like, the. <laughs> that's why from a actual skill set perspective, you don't need to be Christian McCaffrey to catch a pass. You need to be Christian McCaffrey if you're going to get flexed out and then running an actual route. Yes. Yes. Okay. And but also just you, for... As just a running for... back, like Derrick Henry, like you said, getting him the ball, like he's averaging 12.1 yards per reception, right? So it's, you just get the ball to him in space with blockers and good things happen. And I'm surprised that, and I think that's why it's a coaching philosophy thing. It's, it's the, eventually the NFL will figure out, like, even if the guy is not a elite receiver at the position, getting the ball to your best players with any sort of space is a good thing, which is why I think it's kind of uh, pretty tragic that Nick Chubb doesn't get touches in the receiving game, basically yeah. at all. I mean, but if you want to bank on coaching competence, then oh, yeah, I think what... it's a losing battle. I get yeah, what I you mean, but yeah. we just it's just really easy to be like, okay, this is his usage, and usage is really sticky year to year, so I expect that to continue to be his usage and that's fine it sometimes changes and a lot of times doesn't yeah i'll happily stand on the side of the fence where i'm like everyone like i've seen people go like analytics is just like saying stuff won't change and i'm like yeah because a lot of things don't change the more things change the more they stay the same Mm. um yeah like looking at the top 12 rbs from last year they averaged a target share of 12 percent and the very lowest was Nick Chubb with 6%. And then after that was James Conner at 8. Uh, Mixon at 9. Henry at 8. And so, yeah, no, I walked back what I said. 8 to, uh, yeah, 8 to 9 is what you what you need, I think, over the course of a full season. The thing about yeah. right now, like mm-hmm. looking at the guys who are in the top top 12 right now, is we're still only working with six weeks of a sample. And yep. so there's a lot of guys who have just Thank like broken off life. really big plays and skewed their final season ranking. Like I don't expect Damian Pierce to end the season as an RB1. Uh, for example, I don't expect Jamal Williams to end the season as an RB1. But yeah. if you're just yeah. if you're just looking at the their scoring right now, the usage doesn't always line up. But I don't know. I think. I think I'm not going to change my like my perspective on Kenneth Walker hitting a top five season anytime soon. Okay. That's fine. He's still a, a guy that people value highly, so I'm not going to be like, go panic sell him right now because of his receiving usage. We already know what, we already knew what his receiving usage was going to be. Yeah. No, no, I totally get it. And for me, it's if, if a player is talented enough and they're in a run-first offense, they can finish top five, like we've seen from other guys that don't catch passes. But, yes, it's a lot harder to do. At the same time, we can't dismiss based on not catching passes because we don't know what the ceiling of each player is. So I, I don't like the idea of just completely saying, well, Kenneth Walker won't be a top five RB in Dynasty because he can't, because he doesn't get 15%. Oh, he can be a top five RB in Dynasty. He's not going to finish in points per game as an RB one. 
but well, the market yeah, I'll never wild, but... I'll never doubt the market's uh, ability to wildly misvalue yeah. a young running back. I don't think he'll end up as a top five running back. Um, at least when the twenty twenty third class hits, maybe between January and May. Yeah, he uh, sneaks up there. Like, if I had Austin Eckler, Joe Mixon, Nick Chubb, I would go trade them away for Kenneth Walker, especially if I don't need the points. No, oh, yeah, hundred percent. And then that already gets them up to six in what we have right now. And then McCaffrey and Saquon are gonna be twenty seven, twenty six next year. Like in the brief window of time before Bijan, uh, Jameer Gibbs. Zach Evans, Sean Tucker, et cetera, all hit the league, he could maybe sneak into the top five of Dynasty rankings. Then I'll tell you to sell even harder. Okay. There you go. All right. Well, we got one more player to cover, you guys, and uh, some player news before we zip over into the uh, rookie wide receivers. We're kind of halfway through the pod here. But uh, the last one, Izzy, I'll let you frame this one up. You wanted to talk about uh, a a, uh, very popular tight end. And what has kind of happened? What has transpired this season? So I think this is a very interesting conversation. Go ahead and frame it up. For Mr. Pitts? Yeah. I mean, he's got... He's in the, he's in the pits. He's yeah, in the he's tight in end pits, pits right yeah. now. Uh, yeah. So I'm really curious because he... Cal Pitts was the one guy where... Basically unanimous. The last time we had a player this unanimous was probably Trent Richardson. And I'm not saying that he's going to bust unanimous Mike Trent what? Richardson. U- unanimous, like, can't miss. He's going to be elite right out of the box and ship ship the farm for him. Like, you can make a case that Saquon Barkley was was that player. He just wasn't T-Rich level. He was, uh, I would say he's pretty close. I and was not Kyle around Pitts. for the Trent Richardson Zeke, I'd say Zeke was close. Zeke Zeke was relatively close, but Zeke at least had another player that was nipping at his heels in terms of could have been the 101 had things landed perfectly. But I think it was no. Treadwell. No I mean, way it was be, Treadwell. Pre-draft. No. Yep, pre-draft it was, I think. Pre-draft? Okay, That's so maybe why it was Treadwell. Was analytics is just amazing because Treadwell is a not good prospect. And so the edge is crazy. I don't know. That looking back, I, I feel like if we're re-rank if that class would come out today, Treadwell would be a lot lower versus compared to Zeke. That's actually pretty funny. I didn't know that Treadwell was that highly thought of. Yeah, yeah, he was. Um Who was on who was on Saquon Barkley's heels though? Like he went second overall in the NFL draft. And the wide receivers in that class, no wide receiver got drafted until twenty fourth pick and DJ Moore. And then Ridley was at twenty six. But you have to remember this this was during the time where we were coming off the heels of a 2014 dynamite rookie class and everything was shifting towards finding the next receiver from that 2014, you know, after that 2014 class. Oh, the next OBJ. The next OBJ, yeah. Um, I, Zeke was still the 101, but there was some people flirting with the idea of, of, of Treadwell. But like, like Saquon, he was on... An island alone. It was just Saquon, just like it was T. Rich, and but Kyle Pitts now is the most recent example of that, where he was but the Kyle Pitts wasn't the one one in his draft class. Like a lot of people were like, he, "Yeah, he is my one one," but the consensus was elsewhere. 
from from the individuals that have propped him up to the degree that he's been propped up, he is the quote unquote. He definitely canvas. has a lot of cultists out there. Yes. Yes. But in that class, there was another player who the overall masses were very much more so this guy's canvas, and that was Trevor Lawrence. Yes. And I think that's a big part of why he wasn't the 101 was Trevor Lawrence. But that's not to say that they were both the generational type players, right? And I would say both have underwhelmed relative to expectation. Well, I would say very underwhelmed. So now with Pitts, it's... I don't know. Pitts. Maybe. What do you mean? I would... I mean, I'm going to interrupt your segment right here and just say that. Kyle Pitts has absolutely not uh, been disappointing from a player perspective. From a fantasy points perspective, absolutely. But that's not by any fault of his own. We don't care about players. That's we just want, the fault. We want points. Right, but if you're talking about player eval and saying, this guy was a can't miss and now he's like this, being a disappointing player, Trevor Lawrence, absolutely Kyle Pitts, not at all. Atlanta's just running a dead ball offense that passes 22 times a game. Kyle Pitts is still earning targets. At a fantastic rate, at what's his rate? Fantastic roll down the field, twenty three percent target share on an eight out of fourteen point six. Like okay. this guy, like people say, oh, Kyle Pitts, he's a unicorn. He's super athletic. He's a like he's a tight end body, but he plays wide receiver because he does. He all he does is run down the field like a wide receiver and earn targets like a wide receiver. But he plays tight end. Yeah, and he's catching touchdowns like a wide receiver named Julio Jones, which just yeah. <laughs> just, just decides that right. for some reason, Kyle Pitts and Julio Jones, any 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 number one option in an Atlanta Falcons offense just not catch touchdown passes. Well, hold your horses because Drake London actually has a higher target share than Kyle Pitts, and he's catching touchdowns, so checkmate. Okay, fair. No, I, I have no doubt in my mind. Maybe I won't say no doubt because I also had no doubt that Jalen Waddle would be a bust. But I have very little doubt in my mind <laughs> that Kyle yeah. Pitts in his career will hit a legendary season the way that everyone is saying to move mountains for. That has yeah. not changed. What has changed is the fantasy points that you're going to get in the short term because of the offense that is currently being run by Marcus yeah. Mariota and Arthur Smith where they're passing only more than the Chicago Bears. And for that reason, that's the only reason why Mark Andrews has consideration to be the dynasty tight end one because of the immediate production. Which right. does matter a lot. Well, and that's that's kind of our conversation we had a handful of weeks ago, which was my concern. It's, yeah, the idea of Kyle Pitts, you paying up all of this for Kyle Pitts is great. But at the same time, we don't even know what the future is. Like, who's going to be the future quarterback there? Is it is it Ritter? Is Ritter going to be good? If Ritter's not good, then we're, how long do we have to wait? I would love to see Desmond Ritter start just as a, uh, avid fan of not only the Falcons but good process because the good process is absolutely absolutely what to see what you have in Desmond Ritter because if he is good and I don't think he will be 95% chance that he isn't but on that 5% chance that he is good (laughs) yes that's that's about the bust rate of a third round quarterback but on the slim unlikely chance that Desmond Ritter is a good NFL quarterback you have a third-round rookie contract for the next four years, and mm-hmm. that can help you build a Super Bowl contending team. Right. But he's probably not good, and so you're looking at... So let's, let's, get, let's get past Ritter and not being good. So now you yes. say that Mariota isn't the guy. We know that. No. He's yes. not going to unlock pits. 
We know Ritter has a 5% chance of unlocking pits. Okay. And a so, 95% chance to get replaced in the draft. And, and yes. a 95% chance to get replaced in the draft. Atlanta will likely not be drafting high enough I know, to get one sucks. of the top quarterbacks. I, I think they're so going to... So now, we'll just hold on a second, Akash. Now we have to wait until 2024 for Kyle Pitts's maybe unlocked quarterback option. Maybe. And if that is that player is actually good, we don't know. So is this a Arthur Smith thing? Do you think that this could be a coaching change thing to unlock? Or are you only expecting a quarterback to unlock him? Um, the quarterback, because the way that Arthur Smith's running this offense, it is tough the way that he deploys pits sometimes. Like he has his moments where he's not getting deployed a lot the way he should be on like eighty plus percent of routes Mm -hmm. but the main problem is that the offense they want to run is very much run heavy don't mess up Mariota throw it like 20 times a game and just control the clock and all that type of stuff but if he had a good quarterback then I think that that quarterback because quarterback volume is very earned and so if you want if you want to run an old offense with Marcus Mariota it absolutely lines up (laughs) well On the other hand, letting Russ cook this year so far has yeah, not gone not very well. So true. maybe Pete Carroll was just a genius all along. But yeah, no. The remember in I believe February when you were like when we were talking about Jerry Judy and I was down on him, mm-hmm. and you were saying why not buy because even if they don't get a quarterback upgrade, like we were talking about Aaron Rodgers, but like even if they don't get Rodgers, the value the people are still going to be talking about his upside if he does get a quarterback upgrade so he has very stable value and that's the same thing with Kyle Pitts yep yeah yeah I I think there is some some truth to that but now let me ask you guys a question Hurley do you have any Kyle Pitts I think you have a couple yeah I have I have a couple yes okay now Hurley is not a Kyle Pitts fanboy um what would it take to pry Kyle Pitts away from you right now, Hurley. Yeah, so I'm an unbiased Kyle Pitts owner, and I'm holding pretty hard, actually, because I believe firmly that he's fully insulated, just like a lot of the other guys you guys listed off in previous years that were drafted very highly and had a lot of clout going into the season. One or two big games from Kyle Pitts, and his value is going to be almost right back where it was. So mm-hmm. I'm not selling right now. And if I do, it's going to be for what he was going for before the season began. So tight end one type of value. Okay. Would you sell for Mark Andrews? You know, uh, yes, if I'm a contender, I would do that. Because I, I, was, I was pretty close with Mark Andrews and Kyle Pitts before the season anyway. Um, but I think that's a, a smart move for a contender, yes. Would you sell for Saquon Barkley? No. Okay. That's reasonable. I don't in tight end yeah. premium, right? We're talking? Yeah, tight end premium. Would you sell for Brees Hall? 100% yes. Yeah. Brees, Brees Hall is the probably the dynasty running back one at this point. Yes, he is. So you would so you would rather... Okay. Do all of us agree on Brees Hall RB1 in dynasty? Because if not, I would love to argue about it. I'm going to agree just because I don't want to argue about it, so I'm going to say <laughs> yes. Um, so I'll take it. Okay. Let me. So this is what happens. So we see this every time during the season. So what happens is underperforming young players slide 
then the normal producing old players climb, like we see with the, happening with Diggs and Tyreek Hill. They're starting to climb uh, in Dynasty, and then it'll kind of the the it, they'll their value will be deflated again going to the offseason, and maybe a so every year now that we have the Diggs and the and the uh, Hills, the inflation in their terms of their value during the season will get lower and lower, and the deflation will get steeper and steeper, right? To the point where they get into the range of the Keenan Allens and the Mike Evans and the Hopkinses and all of that. Uh, so harsh words, but that's just kind of that's the market. <laughs> it's always always been. Yeah. Now with 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 Pitts in a tight end premium, where are you taking him? I guess you can say in a startup, but let me ask you guys this. So not including quarterbacks. So I'm going to stop me. I'm going to start with Akash. Stop me when we get to the point where you would take Pitts. Okay. okay. No, Ju- no quarterbacks. Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase, Mark Andrews, stop. Jonathan Taylor. So, okay. So you take him four. Oh, I know. Brees, I forgot about Brees. So, so you take him five. AJ yes. Brown or AJ right. Brown or Pitts? Am I thinking of forgetting other names? Pitts. Uh, Brees, ba- Barkley. You'd rather have Barkley. You'd rather have Pitts than Barkley. You'd rather have Pitts mm-hmm. than Taylor. Pitts than McCaffrey. Pitts than Waddle. Pitts than Lamb. Yeah. Okay. So you'd ha- have him five. Hurley. Same question. Jefferson, Chase, Andrews, Taylor, Barkley, Brees. Yeah, AJ I, Brown, flip flop, Barkley and Brees, but yeah, Barkley was my Mendoza line. So, would you rather have Pitts over Taylor? Um, I'd rather have Taylor over Pitts. Barkley over Pitts? No, Barkley and you Pitts said no. are pretty even. Okay. I, 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 yeah, but I wouldn't give up. Okay, and maybe like it's a it's a trade I wouldn't make on either side to be honest. So like, if I had Barkley, I don't think I'd give him to give to get Pitts, and if I had Pitts, I wouldn't give him to get Barkley. It's just too. I'm not okay. gaining so enough. For, yeah, for you, you have him at six. In in tight end premium behind yeah and I don't feel great about that but yes I do I don't know why yeah so you just rather have Pitts than Barkley Brown Cup Kelsey McCaffrey Waddle Lamb yeah yeah you know like there's big question marks surrounding all of those guys yeah outside of like Waddle and Lamb I don't know if there's question marks necessarily with those guys the question marks for the other guys is just they're really not question marks they're just older yeah. And even AJ Brown doesn't really have a question mark, but yeah, I mean, there, there's question marks. Like, there's you know, like how much it's the passing volume thing again. You know, like how much volume can AJ Brown really get? You know, yeah. And, and it's like eventually Philadelphia is gonna be losing games. Here, here's right? my question for both of you guys: like, if if AJ Brown has a big week and goes for 150 and like let's say eight receptions, 150 and two, which like That's is not wouldn't be Brown thing to wouldn't do. be abnormal. Um. How much will his value increase? Whereas if Kyle Pitts goes for 150 and two on eight receptions, what do you think happens to his value? Yeah, skyrocket yeah. back to where it was yeah. before. But also, I would definitely bet on AJ Brown doing that before Kyle Pitts. I would, I would agree. Yep. If, the, if, I'm, <laughs> if I'm making a bet, I would agree with. I'm just saying, like their their ceilings are are much different. So yeah, yeah. I like AJ so, Brown though. He's uh, so, really good at the game. Eventually. Eventually, Philadelphia is not going to be winning every single game. And eventually, we're going to get some game scripts that really, really, really benefit A.J. Brown, who right now has a 31% target share on the season. Like, he's amazing, and I love him. Yeah. No, he's, he's really good. Now, I'm going to... Clearly, there's an opportunity. I think we all agree there's an opportunity to buy pits, 
even at the price. Would you agree with that? Even at the price, at this point, there's probably an opportunity there. He's come down quite a bit. Maybe, but you still have to you you have to overpay still. I think not as much as you were before, but people don't like selling low. Um, okay, and people don't like selling cow pits low because pretty much everyone has the same mentality as us, where they're just like, yeah, this guy um still has like the chance to break fantasy, and so I love him and. It's the offense's fault, so why should I sell him? Like, I don't have any concerns about the player. Like, you still have to be, like, you still have to go in there with a very, very strong offer. Like, you can't offer, like, Jalen Waddle and a second, and I don't think you get it done like that. So, here's, I actually came prepared. Okay. For the first time. So, Hurley, we're going to skip the receiver talk, because we're just not going to have time to do it. I agree, and I'll, yeah, yep. So, I have a, a few trades. I asked the community for pitch trades that have gone down recently. And here are the trades. And you, at, you tell me what side you'd rather have. I'll go through. I think there's four or five of them. We'll go through. I'm just going to go down in no order. I'm just going to go down the list as, as I see them here. The first trade is Burks, Traylon Burks. In Kyle Pitts for Jamar Chase. It does not say tight end premium or not. So let me ask you guys in the. Should we go with the tight end premium lens? Actually, because this is. Because it doesn't say. Not close in tight end premium. Let's go with it outside of tight end premium. Chase. Hurley. And we're talking boats or calculator? Traylon Burks and Pitts versus Chase. In just a trade, if you got that offer in a non-tight end premium league, mm, that's uh, non-tight end premium. That's close enough for me to want to really think about that. Um, I go chase. Um, just twelve team, assuming like nothing crazy about league format, right? Yeah, I can see that that trade having a tail, like a it has a long tail, and on that tail is like a massive win for the Burke side. Yeah. But, I would take the Jamar Chase side. You know, like honestly, I, I'm thinking about Burrow too. Is he like? Um, I don't know what's going on. Like, oh man, it's really, it's really funny. Burrow is like back to his Konami ways. It's awesome. Yeah, so I, he has I mean, higher I, points per game than Justin Herbert. Obviously, Her- Herbert has not played yet tonight. I like the potential of the other side because you're you're buying Jamar Chase at a very high ceiling, and he's almost like declining a little bit. I like the potential of the other side, and Kyle Pitts' value is low. What he had thirty points this week. Yeah, he but he's he's, he had to he had declined up until this point. Yes, that is true. No, he had a twenty yes. he has a twenty eight percent target share on the season. He had twenty eight entering this last game. Tar- target like, share target share point, is great. Point target but we're right, getting, but like if we're you have points per reception and touchdowns and all right, that. but if you have a five game sample if you have a I, five game sample of Jamar Chase having a twenty eight percent target share but like fifteen points per game, which one do you expect to stay the same? And that's the twenty eight percent target share. So the role has been nothing but great for Jamar Chase, and he's just going to continue to be a wide receiver one, top five. We get it. I'm not not talking about whether or not he should have gone down in value. I'm talking about whether he did go down in value, and he did go down in value. You can't assume that every single person that plays Dynasty, okay, and this yes. is the common mistake that analysts, a lot of analysts make, and I used to make it when, when I first, probably for the first four or five years. It is a very, very common mistake. People assume that everybody thinks the way they think. 
especially when it comes to valuation of players and all when it comes to offering trades, people think, well, I'd never do that. So I'm not even going to offer that trade. So the fact that, yes, the analytics suggest that there's nothing wrong with Chase. And in yeah. fact, there's nothing wrong with Chase. However, yeah, he had 32 points this week. Correct. He's great. Before this week, he did not have 32 points this week. So his value had come down rather significantly. Justin Jefferson and, and him preseason were neck and neck. And now there is a little bit of a gap there because Justin Jefferson appears to go out every week and put up 15 plus fantasy points, no problem. And he eclipses 30 points with the 15 plus every week where Chase has a little bit of an ebb and flow going on. That is probably why his value has come down a little bit. So that's explaining that. When it comes to Traylon Burks and Pitts, what Hurley is saying is, even though Chase has come down a little bit, he's still near the top. I mean, he is mm-hmm. the second overall player. Outside of Jefferson and Chase, the closest player to them for me is one of the running backs. Maybe maybe Brees Hall, maybe Jonathan Taylor, maybe Barkley. Whichever one you prefer there. I don't think a receiver outside of maybe A.J. Brown, is in that same ballpark. And there's still a pretty significant gap between Chase and Brown. Okay? So that's what Hurley's saying is you're, you're cashing out on Chase at a high and a you're caution. buying Burks. You're caching out. You're cashing out of Chase at a high and you're buying Burks and Pitts at dampened prices is his angle. I like that. That's, yeah. uh, that's a good method. That's a yeah, and that trade has a really wide tail because if Traylon Burks comes back in the rest of the season, he's a wide receiver too. He'll probably be valued as in the top sixteen, maybe top twelve if it's a really strong finish when he comes back from IR. And Kyle Pitts obviously is very highly valued and only needs like a few spike weeks to continue to be very high valued. He'll probably be very high valued even without spike weeks, but like he'll return back to preseason prices if. Like Hurley said, he goes out and has 150 yards and two touchdowns. Yeah. But I would still take Chase there because Chase is really good. Yeah. So without an unbalanced trade reduction, which you could make the case could be done here with Traylon Burks on one side because he's not necessarily a a tier one asset yet. Mm -hmm. They are, this trade is dead even. So this trade was, had taken place. um, And on the calculator, it's, Dead even 46 and a half, 46 and a half. With it being reduced by a stacking on one side, it goes to 39.6 to 46.6 in favor of Chase. So depending on settings, if it's a deeper league, yada, yada, yada. So I I personally would, I think the trade is close enough to where I would base it off of just kind of how my roster is constructed. But if I had to start, if I took Chase with my first pick, in a draft or first round pick in the draft. And I was able to get, which we agree that Pitts is for probably in non-tight end premium is probably eight or nine in non-tight, maybe 10 in non-tight end premium. I would rather get the Burks thrown in there because I do believe Burks could ascend into that tier that Akash was just talking about yeah, moments ago. Yeah, he has an insurance of outcomes. Yeah. And would you say so, uh, Chase would be in a start like, like two or three? Is that kind of like consensus? He's yeah, two right now. Two. Yeah. So you're trading back from two to ten and getting a uh, fourth Burks. rounder. But there, I mean, there's Fifth a there's a well, say, I'd maybe say sixth. Six. In what like what are we talking? Not superflex. Not yeah. superflex. Yeah. Then probably six seven ish. 
yeah. Burks's values definitely come down um, to what, from where it was pre-draft or not not pre-draft, not where it was uh, preseason. I like that angle of startup though. That's a good idea to kind of mash it up with startup just to see. Yeah, yeah, it's viable so, definitely. Like I said, you know, it has a very strong tail. Yeah, so to to see if we're on pace. So he is sixty third overall. So just outside of that's yeah, the top, that's sixth round, right outside of the, the f- fifth round. So yep, so we're on on par there. The next trade. Let's go. We all have our thumb on the market. Let's go. Yeah, look at us. Fourteen team tight end premium. This happened just before week five. So this includes. Did he have a decent game week five? I think he no. He was out week five. Out week yes. five, and then his what ten point outburst outburst. <laughs> <laughs> he His got a touchdown. I saw it with my own yeah. eyes. My um, own eyes. So Higgins in a 23 second. I'm going to remove Kate Otten, Kate Otten and a 23 fourth out of this because right well, now I don't think those really move the needle either way. So Higgins in a 23 second or Kyle Pitts in a 14 team tight end premium. Pitts. I agree. Yeah, that's pretty easy actually with the. Uh... 14 teams and tight end premium that's uh that's big uh i i also yeah, same same archetype as what i said with the uh waddle trade so maybe some people accept it but i don't know like we both pretty easily said pits i think that's a that's did, did you have polls on that one izzy or did I did people not. just comment that I, I think if you put that on on twitter and say vote for who you want i think and you say Tight end premium 14 teamer. Pitts would win 70 30, I think. Yeah, so Pitts does win in the calculator. And basically, the difference would be a, another late, uh, basically, a late second added to that. And then you'd have to, if you did a, re- so basically, with a reduction, it would need to be a first. two seconds or, yes, a late first okay. to close the gap. Uh, and I will say, Twitter does not care about. How many teams are in the are in the league? Which is a flaw <laughs> of Twitter. Yes, they. I mean, they just don't vote that way, which unfortunately is not good. Uh, there was a trade. I'm not even gonna talk. We're not even talking about this, but there was a trade in a non-premium league of Pitts straight up for Damian Harris. Uh, we're gonna keep going. We're gonna keep going. Uh, Dak Prescott or Kyle Pitts in a superflex. Two point tight end premium, easily pits. What the easily Kyle pits for me pits. too. Easily like, Kyle pits for me too. And that one in the calculators is a little bit more of a. If you put that in like zero tight end premium, take pits. <laughs> there could be a case for that too. I'm with uh, the cost. Maybe even like a negative. Like if tight ends got penalized for points for receptions, yeah. Yeah, negative point five. <laughs> negative point five. Um, I'll take Kyle. Negative point five. What's the what's the uh, antonym to premium? Blank league. I don't know. We can Google it though. Uh, no, no. Here we. Yep. Someone say second rate, low cost, low grade, cheap, inexpensive. Cheap or inexpensive. Right, but the way you say tight end premium is that there's a premium for tight Correct. ends as a noun, not as an adjective. The way that cheap is, and the way Correct. that premium is the way that he Googled it. Yeah, wrong version of the word. Tight end discount, tight end reduction. Reduction, that's it. Yes. Tight end tight reduction. reduction, yes. There you go. All right. We found it. 
Shout out Word Word Hippo. We're sponsored by Word Hippo now. Sorry. Okay, Google. sponsored by Word Hippo. Start tight. So two tight end, one point two five PR PPR premium. So just a quarter point premium, but it start two tight ends. Kyle Pitts and Marquise Brown, Mark Andrews, Alan Lazard, and a third. Wait. Where's the four? I, I assume it's after Marquise and before Mark Andrews. What's that? You didn't say four anyway. You just named the, like four names. Oh, yeah. Kyle Pitts and Marquise Brown, four. Andrews, okay. Lazard, and a third. Kyle Pitts. Hurley? Uh, yeah, Pitts and Andrews are close enough where um, you definitely got to side with the Hollywood Brown side for that one. So yeah, Hollywood Brown's the needle, needle mover. Okay. And I agree. And in the calculator, just for it's sixty three point four to fifty one point nine in favor of that side. Okay. If it's two tight ends, then if you're really pushing for a championship, I would Don't not mind Mark Andrews, okay, but yeah. but you're yeah. definitely not going to be coming out on top in value once the season ends, like Correct. solely solely just for the points. And it's it's fine because Mark Andrews is going to be like the overall tight end one on the year but okay in value it's pits okay so another one here this one's actually kind of interesting uh, last one right last one make it good it is good this better uh, not be more damien harris hold on i should probably let me real quick <laughs> ramondra stevenson <laughs> so, it's not damien harris <laughs> no, no. wow <laughs> Hold on. Let me let me put this in the calculator because I'm really curious how this one plays out in the calculator. I'm on the edge of my seat, Izzy. Come on, you can't do this to me. It's it's an interesting trade. Okay, okay. it's not that far off in the calculator. It's far, but not far enough. Dak and Pitts for Josh Allen and Pat Fryermuth, and it's a super flex league. This trade was actually in a non-tight end premium league. I'm going to make it a tight end premium league just. To make this a closer offer, uh, Alan Fryermuth. <laughs> yeah, Alan. So even in premium, you're taking Alan Fryermuth over Dak and Pitts. I'm not going to think about it. Yeah, that's a big enough yeah. quarterback upgrade for me to want to deal with the tight end downgrade. That's an insane quarterback upgrade. Yeah. What if you added a high second rounder in 2023? Does that make it closer? So Pitts, Prescott, and a high second. For Allen and Fryermuth. A high second rounder? So though that be I like high second rounders, but no. Is Josh was Josh Gordon a high second rounder, if you know what I mean? Mm, I yes, he was. What if it was, he actually was Kyle Pitts rounder. and Prescott for Josh Allen? Josh Allen. Oh. In a tight end premium? Yes. Uh, wow. I go Dak. I go Dak and Pitts pretty easy. Like it's not even something I'd think about. Where is Dak's value right now? Like, by the way, Dak is he's back. I just got a tweet. 35. You guys get notified. Oh, on he's twenty first right now. Is Let's he back? Go. Yeah, Dak, he's is he back. back? He participated in practice. Yes, he's back. Oh, or Dak press, press, man, press this. Um, so, ah, I might take the pit side. I don't know. That's really tough. That's a that's that's a league where that's not sorry. That's a trade where like if I'm on either side, I don't know. Maybe this is just me freezing because it's such a big, such a big uh, decision. But let me ask you a question: Would you rather have two Dax or one Josh Allen? Super flex, double Dax, heart attack. Would you yeah. take double Dax? Yep. Dax. 
Well, okay, so here's here's kind of the interesting thing. So we all agree that Pitts is significantly higher than Dak in tight end premium. It's a snap except, right? Yes. Yeah. But why isn't Pitts why isn't the the Fryermuth Josh Allen like adding Fryermuth to the Josh Allen side? So you said Dak two Daks is equal to one Josh Allen or greater than one Josh Allen. But if you yeah. add, if Algebra you subtract, time. what's that? Algebra time. Would you rather have Kyle Pitts or Dak Prescott and Pat Frymuth? No, <laughs> not that much. So No, no. What would, what would you rather have? Because then if we set Kyle Pitts equal to Dak and Frymuth, then you say that, okay, if, like when you have the two Dak trade, and if it's such a snap accept, then why not say that you would take the the pits yeah it, it should be it should be significantly closer i'm not saying it should be so you guys were pretty easily on the josh allen side you both agree that two dax is greater than one allen you both Actually, agree... i don't know if i agree on that okay so hurley like agrees... market value i would but okay. just from a wins above replacement standard i would rather have josh allen okay kyle pitts is significantly higher is is reasonably higher than dak in dynasty correct yeah Okay. Mm-hmm. So in this case, does Fry is Fryermuth worth that much to Hurley to where it makes it a no brainer for the Josh Allen side? Because it, initially it was a no brainer for Josh Allen. So when I break it down that way, does it change the mindset at all? No, not for me. Okay. Um, I don't know. Like, not really. Definitely, I get what you're Some getting fuzzy at. Fuzzy math going on with you guys. Psychologically, the getting an extra tight end back helps a lot of people yeah. get that so trade that's, done. Okay, so that's where we land. Fryer has been pretty good this season. Yeah. Uh, I've uh, turned a page a little bit on him. He had a concussion. On his, <laughs> he did have um, a concussion. Uh, at the end of week five, and so his numbers are a bit skewed. But before that, he had a yeah, 23% target share and... Was a low tight end one, maybe a mid tight end one before he got hurt. I'm curious what happens with Pickett. I got an idea. Hmm. Um, Just to kind of maybe help make your question a little bit more easy to understand, easy to digest. Hmm. Put it in startup value. So like Josh Allen is the 101 in startups. Dak's probably Um, like a late second rounder, mid late second rounder, right? Super flex startups. um, 25 right now in the calc, but yeah, he's going to rise up once he's playing there. So he's 25 in... Is he 25 or did I misread? With no, super he's 21, flex? sorry. Super so flex late second 21. rounder. So, super, so late second. Uh, I, I don't have... Um, oh, do I not have tight end premium? Let's I see. have tight end premium on. Maybe so that's yeah, why right now Josh Allen's one, Pitts is 11, and uh, Dak is 21. So I would Correct. absolutely take I'll pick 11 and pick 21 for pick one. And I would too. And then like... Izzy, to your question, would you take two 21s? Because like, you don't have to say it's two of the same player. Would you take two 21s for the 101? Would you take two yeah. second-round picks in a startup for your 101? Yes, I would. Yeah. Well, let me ask you guys this then. Okay, so keeping yeah, that same move. conversation. Yep. And then... So, one... So, you don't think that like adding on... Frymuth at 77, who's an yeah. eighth-rounder, makes that much of a difference, but... I don't know. Wait, the seventh or eighth? Same thing, anyways. Yeah. So, would you take would you take the one hundred and one and a seventh rounder, 
of mid seventh. Is it mid seventh or mid eighth? Yeah, mid mid seventh. No, I mean, the be, idea is the same. Uh, yeah, so let's call it late. Let's call it mid seventh, eighth round pick. Some somewhere or in that two range. Late seconds, yeah. Or well, no, because Kyle Pitts is a late. Is a late. He's first. a he's a late first. Okay, yeah. Would you take a late first and a late second? Or the 101 and a seventh rounder. Okay, that's harder. So would you move I back? I know, that is harder. Would you move back eight spots? You you're sitting on the 101 pick. You're going to take Josh Allen. Would you move back eight spots in order to get... Ten spots. A five... A, what's that? That's some big ten spots. Ten spots would you move back ten spots to gain a five-round upgrade from seven to a, second? But like Akash is saying, it is a massive ten spots. Yeah. It's basically 35... No, Probably sorry. It's 25 value points, essentially. So the difference between Allen and Pitts is the equivalent to a mid-fourth-round pick. In a startup. So you would have to throw in a mid-fourth-round pick in a startup to go from 11 to 1. Which in this case would be the equivalent to uh, Garrett Wilson or DK Metcalf. So you'd need to do DK Metcalf and Garrett Wilson on top of Kyle Pitts in terms of pure value to get Josh Allen. Now, of course, nobody's going to do that because they need a quarterback back yes. in a deal like that. So it's hard to... So basically, Deshaun Watson and, and Garrett Wilson. So would you do Aaron Rodgers and Kyle Pitts for Josh Allen? I don't think I would. Well, Deshaun but would you do Deshaun Watson and Garrett Wilson for Josh Allen? I mean, ultimately, Absolutely. just well, find a quarterback you like in that tier range. Correct. But yeah, Watson. Where's Watson value? He can't be a mid four, can he? No, Watson's. No, Watson's. Uh, he's twelve. Okay, that's better. Okay, yeah, he's twelve. So, so he's around Kyle Pitts. He's around Kyle Pitts. So if you flipped yes. Watson, I was doing Kyle the Pitt, the yeah the eleven being the non quarterback, and then Rogers is a mid four, and like swap that out for Wilson and Devontae Adams, so that you can get your quarterback back, as many people love to do. Yeah, I would I would take I, I would take Josh Allen in that case because I don't want Rodgers. I don't want I any honestly. Like, it makes a lot you. more sense to yeah. grab Watson just because you can see a world where Watson gets a lot closer to Allen. Well, that's you guys. That's why we're 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 you are using startup picks um, and players like as comps because it becomes kind of convoluted based on who you're playing your favorites. You know, like we don't like Aaron yeah. Rodgers and Dynasty. Right. So like that's you know we wouldn't pay that. So I think it's geez. How is he still a mid four? That's very confusing. It's dude. When you have no quarterbacks in the league, like if you think about the quarterback market, yeah, there's not a lot of <laughs> quarterbacks right. that you are going to get points out of. Anymore. Right, but you're not getting points out of Aaron Rodgers either. So. Right now, yeah, right now, <laughs> I think the whole thing with Aaron Rodgers is the the points will eventually come because they've they've arrived before, but. I think that, well, he's also come down. Yeah, I would expect him to finish the year higher than QB 24 in points per game. Yeah, he's come down a full round and a half, I think, too. Goodbye. I don't think that's enough. Yeah, maybe. I think that's pretty good, Izzy. That was a good, you're right, that last trade was pretty compelling. It kind of sparked some nice conversation, but I think we need to wrap things up right there. Yeah, Um, yeah. Great conversation. Maybe next time we'll we'll get to the uh, some other topics next week. But uh, I appreciate you guys checking us out, listening to the podcast. Make sure you check us out on Twitter too. At FF Dynasty Trades is the main handle. Uh, you can find Izzy at DTC underscore Izzy E. You can find me at FF Hercules. Uh, Akash, I'm still not good with this, but uh, correct me if I'm wrong. At YZR underscore Fantasy. Yeah. That's hey, I got it. Or you can Bye, find Patty. him at his burner at Akash Mahal. 
right. That's my. Should I change my burner to that? Yep. You should change your burner to that and pretend like nobody knows who it is. Okay, I will. Follow the producer John Mosier at DTC underscore John Mosier. Thank you guys for listening. Bye.